Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. And it says, We are ruled by the love of Christ. Now that we recognize that one man died for everyone, which means that they all share in his death. He died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but only for him who died and was raised to life for their sake. No longer then do we judge anyone by human standards. And it continues. Even if at one time we judge Christ according to human standards, we no longer do so. Anyone who is joined to Christ is a new being. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is done by God who through Christ changed us from enemies to his friends and gave us the task of making others his friends also. Our message is that God was making, making all human beings friends through Christ. God did not keep an account of their sins, and he has given us the message which tells how he makes them his friends. Here we are then, speaking for Christ, as though God himself were making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. Let God change you from enemies to his friends. Christ was without sin, but for our sake, God made him share our sin in order that in union with him, we might share the righteousness of God. Could you guys bow your heads with me as I pray? Lord, I I thank you for this series that we're in, this time of of digging deeper and and letting our values be more than just something that we recite, but, but realizing that this is our DNA, guides all that we do. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. How many of you guys, last week was, was amazing. Can we, Pastor Rolando, I'm so privileged uh, to, to, to be in a church uh, with, with a pastor that preaches that kind of message. I'm, I don't want to preach after Roe or May anymore. I only want to preach after me. <laughs> but we're in this series. Last week we covered We Preach Jesus. How many of you guys were grateful for that message? So powerful. How many of you guys, real quick, how many of you guys are grateful for our pastors? Pastor Roe, Pastor Lee. I mean, Pastor Roe preaches, but Lee worships. <laughs> I mean, you guys both worship, but Lee's worship is not creep. <laughs> I'm so honored to have them as my pastors and so honored to be able to do this and do life with them and thankful for what they pour into the church. Uh, but we are in this series. Last week we covered We Preach Jesus. Today we are... Uh, we are covering another core value at Kuhau, and at Kuhau, we love people. Where's my, where's my, who loves people? Y'all love people? What's that? Who loves orange soda? Kel loves orange soda. Who loves people? Kuhau loves people. Ha ha, right? Okay. <laughs> I love people, but... The way that I love people is like the way that I love to dance 
I love to dance. How are you guys laughing already? You guys don't even know what I'm going to say. Y'all just. I love to dance. The problem is, is the things that you need to be good at to dance well, I'm not good at. This is how I Millie rock right here. This is my. The other day, just the other day, I was with the youth, and I'm about to quit being youth pastor, and they're like, where do you get, what are your dance moves? And then someone else is like, is like he dances like a dad. I'm just like, I'm like, how am I 24 years old? That's the second time my own girlfriend said, you have a dad body. I was like, she's like, no, but it's good. Like, you know, we're going to have kids one day. You have a dad body. You're already prepared. You're already walking in your calling. I'm like, yo, you... But in that same way, I'm, I'm, I love people, but I'm also not good at the things that you should be good at uh, to, to interact with people. And it's ironic because I'm an extrovert. But, like, I don't pick up on certain social cues. Just, you know, like, I could talk about something on and on and on and not realize that the person that I'm talking to has been over whatever I was, they weren't even interested in the first place. They just said, yeah, tell me just to be kind. And now they're questioning why they ever did that. Um, I'm, I'm like, like one time I said to somebody I didn't even know, hardly knew them, in conversation, I noticed that their nose was crooked. And I guess because I, I looked up to my oldest brother, Raul, for some time, he has a crooked nose. Uh, my mom did that. Uh, <laughs> I just thought it was cool. And so in my brain, I was like, oh, no, but people usually get offended. But what happened was, is I was like, oh, hey, your nose is crooked. That's cool. <laughs> I only know that that's wrong because they told me it's wrong. In my head, I'm like, but if I mean it as a compliment, take it. Like, so what? You're different. Uh, I don't pick up on those social cues. I'm, I'm not good at relating to people. Like, that's, that's hard. Like, whenever people just, you know, people try to vent to me, and I just try to give them the solution to their problems. I'm like, isn't that what you wanted? You wanted the answer? I'm trying to give you the answer. Uh, and I am oblivious. It's part of why I'm clumsy because I'm, I'm, I'm usually in my own world. Um, Ronnie and Brittany have had the nerve to accuse me. There's no proof of this, but they accuse me that every time we worship and I'm near them, I abuse them somehow. They're like, I'm trying to worship, and I feel like I'm getting hit by the Holy Spirit, and it's like, nope, that's just Reuben's arms. That's just, and you're all the way on the other side of the church, so I don't know what's going on there. But I'm oblivious to people. I have, on two occasions... <laughs> I'm hesitating saying it because I know I've done it to some people here. And uh, I have, like, just not said hi to people that I knew. Go ahead. Release. Release. Let it out. People just look at me like, hi, Ruben. I'm like, yo, all right, be six foot two, and then maybe I'll notice you. <laughs> but it's so bad that at school... One time, uh, I'm waiting for the elevator, and this kid comes up to me, and we had a class, one, which was like one class, and uh, he's like, hey, man, can I ask you a question? And it's a Christian college, so I'm like, oh, he's, uh, I hope he doesn't ask me anything too theological, right? Like, oh, that's what I'm thinking. That's what Christian school students do. Um, I was new. And he didn't. He goes, hey, do you not like me or something? He's looking at him like, no, nah, we're, we're cool. Why, why would you think that I don't like you? Like, you walk past me all the time. He goes, dude, we make eye contact. And I'm like, and you just walk past me. 
I just, I couldn't do anything but apologize. I was like, hey, man, I just, I get in my own head sometimes. I'm just kind of like, do-do-do-do-do, you know, like, oh, what if, you know, Paul was around right now? I'm just thinking about that stuff or um, I, will, I shared it one time. I'm just like, I was just like stuck on the alphabet, A, B, A, A. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, I apologized. And then like, I never saw him after that. And I don't know if that's because like he transferred schools or I just went back to never noticing him again. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it happened to me a second time. And this time it was an older gentleman. The first time I was like, millennials. Um, but an older guy, he comes up to me. And he's like, hey, man, did I offend you? And I'm thinking he must have said something like a joke. I was like, nah, man, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm not, I don't get offended. I don't, I don't even know what you had said. He's like, no, 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 I feel like I offended you because you ignore me all the time. He's like, you walk right past me. We had just gotten out of class together. Like, and we were at the elevators again. Something about the elevators, people want to share their whole life to me. I'm like, I, and at that point, I was already prepared. I was like, hey, man, it's just something that happens. I'm not good at, like, recognizing people sometimes like I just I got to get like a hey Ruben um it's just something that I do but that's two people in my life that have told me and half the people here at Kuha who are always hey Ruben every day I make every week at Matrix I, I get something um <laughs> and who knows how many people out there are not in relationship with me have nothing to do with, want nothing to do with Ruben because they think Ruben has snubbed me he is, he don't even know who I am anymore. I don't exist. I'm just like, I was just in my phone that day. I'm not good at the things you need to be good at to interact well with people. There's something else that always happens to me, and I feel like it's only me, but I feel like awkward situations with people in conversations only happen to me. Like, only I, Ruben, you guys know me. You could tell I'm not a gangster in any way, shape, or form. Like, I, God has not set me free from the gang life. You, you can tell, right? Yeah? Yeah. Only I will get stuck in a car with Ronnie and Victor talking about, oh, man, God has saved me from so much. Like, psh, this is the stuff that I used to do. This is the, yeah, I was stuck in gang stuff. I was going to give you some examples, and then I realized this gets recorded and put on podcast, and God forgives, but the judicial system doesn't. So, <laughs> but like, we're talking about like guns were involved. He's like, and it's, you know, they're being really transparent. Guns were involved, uh, uh, you know, like. My friend had to say he had to go handle something, things like this nature, drugs, all this stuff. Like, I was like, wow, y'all like, y'all like, like, y'all needed Jesus. <laughs> and me being me, like, I at least know my place. I said, you know, Ruben, this is your time to not talk. You're just going to listen. You're not going to even say wow. I'm, I just, I have, what am I going to say? I just, I'm, and I'm, here's the thing, because I know people, I'm like, they're going to come to me. They just, they just are. They just are. And so I'm like pre-planning. I'm like, all right, you got to come up with some kind of gangster story. You got to get something. <laughs> and then like Ronnie, sure enough, trying to be a good friend, I guess, because he wanted to include me. I was like, this is not, you don't include me in this. You don't include me in dancing. These are the things. Um, he's like, hey, Rue, like, what's, what's the craziest thing you ever did? You guys are laughing way too hard, all right? It's just... So I'm like, 
No, don't be giving me examples, all right? That was offensive. I'm like, oh, I got it, which is wrong. Like, I got excited that I had something. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to be excited of the sins you've done. Like, oh, yo, this one time. I was like, I was like yo, it was crazy. Me and my friends, we, um, we found out where they parked the ice cream trucks on Staten Island. And then I'm trying to sound gangster. I was like, yeah, we hit them a couple times. They had to put cameras there because of us. And Victor, Victor, oh, I love Victor. Victor's like, wow, dude, you, you stole their money? I was like, nah, I stole their ice cream. Like, what, what do you mean? Stole their ice cream all the time. I never once did I even think about the money. I'm just not good at, like, only those things happen to me, I feel like. And so I'm always like the odd man out. I'm always the weird one for some reason. Like people judge me because I dip my fries in my ice cream. Shaggy and Scooby did it, you know. Uh, I'm not alone there. Yeah, you know, I dip my cheeseburgers in ice cream too. It's all the same. Uh, but I'm not good at those things. I feel like people are difficult. I One time I went to my mom for some advice. She was like, Ruben, if you see the wall as blue and someone sees it as yellow, you will not stop until they see the wall as blue. Now, could you imagine being this person? Living life in the era of postmodernism, where your truth is your truth. And the wall is just whatever you feel the wall is. And you know what? There doesn't even have to be a wall. Like, that's just, why limit yourself? So when I look at, when I look at this core value, my spirit says yes, my soul says yes, ideally, but in practice, I don't answer text messages sometimes. Way too personal for some of you, right? I, I fail at these things, and there's something about failing something enough times that will make you start to make it feel like you're not the failure, but the, what you value is. It's like, why do we even love people? That's not in the Bible, right? That's not a commandment or anything. Like you start to want to bring it down to your own level. That's why it's so important to be in the series that we're in, because we're, we're, we're saying, hey, we're not going to just write these on a wall. We're not just going to say them. We're going to dive deep and we're going to say, hey, this is why we believe what we believe. And today we're talking about why we love people. And just like a, a, a spoiler alert, the answer isn't going to be because of your own willpower or your capacity. It's all going to be based on the Jesus, the work of Jesus and Jesus in you. That's where 2 Corinthians starts in chapter 5, and that's where we're going to start. He says, we are ruled by the love of Christ. Now that we recognize one man died for everyone, which means that they all share in his death, he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but only for him who died and was raised to life for their sake. Can we go? Keep going. No longer then do we judge anyone by human standards. Even if at one time we judged Christ according to human standards, we no longer do so. Anyone who is joined to Christ is a new being. The old is gone. The new has come. We no longer judge people by human standards. Why? Because the old is gone. Those standards are gone. We have a new standard. That new standard is to be ruled by the love of Christ. 
that's our standard. And the first thing I want you guys to know today, when we say, why do we love people? Well, we love people because our standard compels us to love people. There's something about the love of Christ that pulls from deep within us. It compels us to love on people because our standard is the love of Christ. We, we, we're letting go of, I got to get people before they get me. We're letting go of trust is like a mirror. You know, it, you, you can fix it after it's broken, but you can still see the cracks. No. We, we're letting go of, oh, I got the gift of the goodbye. You, you cross me once, that's it. No shame on me. No, you know, fool me once, fool me twice. No, it's just fool me once, that's it. No, no, no. We let go of those standards. We let go of ourselves and we cling to Christ because there's something about my standards. There's something about our standards and my pridefulness when I start setting the standard. I, I have this thing, and I, I, this is, I promise this is only half a joke, but I want to like, be autocorrect for people. Like, I want to tell people, no, nah, I think you meant to say this to me. I, I don't think you meant to talk to me like that. And I've been that way all my life. And it had to be, like, I was told and told and told by people who cared about me. Like, Ruben, you're, you, you deal with arrogance. You deal with, you have this, I had this need to be respected without, I was like 12. And quickly, I have this pridefulness. But what's crazy is, is the, the standard of the Bible isn't you're the righteousness of God, so people need to treat you that way. No, it's you're the righteousness of God. And so if someone smacks you, turn the other cheek. If someone tries to steal your jacket, give them your shirt. How many times do you forgive someone? Not seven times, 70 times seven. That's the standard. And that standard, I can't forgive someone 70 times seven if I don't love them. It compels me. When I see that standard, it pulls me to a place of love for people. So now my standard says that even if you've broken my trust, even if I don't know you, even if we are enemies, I love you. You know why? Because my love is conditional. Not unconditional. No, my love is conditional. 100% conditional. But here's the thing. The conditions are no longer placed on people. My conditions are no longer placed on how people treat me and who did me dirty last. And I'm going to trust you based on the last person I trusted. And if they broke that trust, I'm not trusting you. No, my conditions aren't placed on you. They're placed on what Jesus has done for me. They're placed on the love of God. No, I don't trust you. I trust the Jesus in you. I'm not, I'm not looking at, I'm, I'm letting go of this list of who did me wrong and who did me dirty. And oh, you're you going on this list. <laughs> That's it, we done today. No, no, no. I'm letting go of the list of everybody who has hurt me, everybody who has done me wrong. And I'm holding on to the list of how much Jesus has done me right. <sighs> Why? Because I'm surrendering to the rulership of Christ's love. That changes my standard. That changes my standard. And it enables me. In fact, I use that word compel because it's so intentional. Compel is like a pulling. It's like a magnetic pull. Like I'm pulled to love people. I'm pulled towards love because of the standards. 
And at Kuha, we are completely surrendered over to Jesus. And that compels us to love people. We are all here, surrendered to Christ, and in living for him, we also accept the mission that he has given us. And we all have different gifts here, right? The Bible says we are all gifted in different ways, but all our gifts are for one mission. We're all called to love God, love people, make disciples. Love God, love people, make disciples. The worship team is up here worshiping with everything they have, each of their gifts, why? So that we can love God, love people, make disciples. The roadie team is here at 7 a.m. Why? So that we can love God, love people, make disciples. With the preaching team, we preach on Sundays to love God, love people, make disciples. We have community groups to love God, love people, make disciples. It's all one mission. And that same mission, our mission, our second point is that that mission, our mission calls us to love people, literally, right? love God, love people. It's, 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 the, it's the great, right? What God, Jesus has asked, hey, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love God with all your heart, and the second is just like it, love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's literally in there. But it's also a byproduct of being about the mission. Second Corinthians, again, it, he goes on to say, right after saying the old is gone, the old, uh, we are now new. He goes right into saying this. All this is done by God. It's God doing this. It's God working this through, through Christ who changed us from enemies into his friends and gave us the task of making his, others his friends also. Gave us the task, the mission of making others his friends also. What's our message? Our message is that God was making all human beings his friends through Christ. God did not keep an account of their sins. And he has given us the message which tells how he makes them his friends. We're on a mission to let people know, hey, God wants to be your friend. Through Christ, he, he, he wants to be your friend. And I think Paul, Paul starts in a great place because he starts with where, where we were. If I was an enemy. He says we were enemies of God. But he changed us from enemies to friends. And God didn't. We, humanity, the story of humanity is we placed ourselves in opposition of God and he reconciled us back to him. And I've been there. I've been at that place where I deny God. And when we start on this mission, it starts by remembering that the church at large, the body of Christ, is not a social club. This is not some, some organization where everybody, especially at Kuha, because I, I've had the privilege, we, we just talked about baptism, of seeing people baptized here, but baptized for the first time here, encountering Jesus for the first time here. So this is definitely not a church where we've been saved our whole lives and we come together every Sunday just to talk about how saved we are. No, we, this is a take one and pass it on culture. This is a take one and pass it on mission. Get you some Jesus, 
Give you some Jesus. Get you some Jesus. Give you some Jesus. Get you some Jesus. Give you some Jesus. Why? Because I know what it was like to be without him. I know what it was like to be lost and I know what it was like to be found. So every day, every week, my mission is to get people who are lost. That this church may be filled with seats of people who say, hey, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. That's our mission. And we can't do this without loving people. We are in the people reaching business and we got to love the people we are reaching. And there's something about it. There's something about that mission that it calls you to love people. The more connected you are to the mission. Hey, you're having a hard time loving people? Just serve. Get connected to your purpose. Get plugged into the mission. Because I promise you, I don't know how to explain it, but there's just something about being plugged into the mission that that does something to your heart, that calls love out of you. There's something about being about what God has called you to do that will show you his love for humanity. And I know because I felt like Jonah sometimes, being connected to the mission but hating it. Jonah is, is like, if you, if you think loving people is hard, try being Jonah. The, the story in Jonah, it's four chapters. Jonah spends three chapters, two and a half chapters, trying to run from the mission that God has called him to do. Not because he didn't feel good enough, because he didn't want, he was called to have a city called Nineveh. Uh, to, he was called to prophesy and, and have them repent so that they would experience the mercy of God. He didn't want them to experience the mercy of God. He wanted them to be punished. You think you got a people problem. So he spends two and a half chapters running from his mission. And even when he gets back on board, it's like this, you're just so inescapable, God. Like, I just can't get away from you. Fine, I'll do it. It takes three days to go through the city of Nineveh. Jonah spends one day. He does it so carelessly. And sure enough, they repent. They experience the mercy of God, and Jonah's angry. It's like, I knew it. I knew you were going to have mercy on them. And he's sulking, and he's sitting, and he's sad, and he's annoyed. And God being God, he he starts to get up to something, and he makes it hot. And then he gives Jonah shade through a plant. But then he has the plant die, and Jonah is angry. It literally says he, he was so angry he wanted to die. And God says, hey, what right do you have to be angry? If you ever think you're too far away from God, know that you never replied to what God, what Jonah said, hopefully. Because Jonah goes, I have every right to be angry. Angry enough to die. He is angry. This is what God says to him. He says, this plant grew up in one night and disappeared the next. You didn't do anything for it and you didn't make it grow, yet you feel sorry for it. How much more then? How much more then? Should I have pity on Nineveh, that great city? After all, it has more than 120,000 innocent children in it, as well as many animals. 
There's something about being connected to the mission that on your worst day, on your hardest day, when it is the hardest to love people, God will speak to you and show you his heart for people. He'll show you the plants in your life and say, if you care about these things, how much more for these people who've hurt you? How much more for these people who've, who, who, who you don't have any reason to trust? How much more for these people who I've called to be my friends? How much more for these people? There's something about being connected to the mission. You know what happens after God says that? The chapter ends. Rightfully so. It's the last chapter in the book of Jonah. There's something about purpose that overrides pride. And when we are connected to our purpose, connected to our mission, man, it calls love out of us. I find myself feeling guilty because I experience a love that I know I don't have. I have a love for people. I care about people in a capacity that I could never imagine caring about. Serving at Kuhau is, is how I've experienced that, being connected to my purpose, caring about people here. It's a love I want to experience all the time, loving on people that might not even know my name, that might not even notice me. Something about purpose and being attached to your purpose that, that starts to cause pride to dwindle. So people are our purpose here at Kuha. Reaching people, filling these seats with people who were once lost, that they might be found, that they might know Jesus, that they might be friends, that we may give the message, give, fulfill this task. And we're so connected with that mission. And because of that, we are called to love people. Why do we love people? Well, our standard compels us to, and man, our mission calls us to love people. And the whole gift of the grace of God restores us so we can f- embrace our mission, fulfill our purpose. It, it, it restores us. It, it, doesn't, it, it says it makes us new, but it's like this renewal. It's the same car, but I ever, after a car wash, it's like you got a brand new car. It's this getting back to the way things were intended to be. And so we can embrace our purpose. But can I tell you guys something? We were designed to love people. I think you guys will know this, because it, it, it's often said, but there's no such thing as darkness. It's, it's simply the, the absence of light. You can't create more darkness. The way you get things to be more dark is you just take away the light. You, you can't create... In the same way, this kind, I was like, oh, snap. You, you can't make things more cold. There's no such thing as cold. I was like, what do freezers do then? <laughs> I, was, I was confused. But it turns out that cold actually has a stopping point. There's a, there's a, I forget what the temperature is, but you can't go past it because it's just the zero. There's no more heat. That's what cold is. It's just lack of heat. Heat, you can go. It just keeps going and going. Coldness is just a byproduct of no heat. And I think, I think in the same way, hate, anger, bitterness, 
It's just like cold and darkness. It's just the byproduct of a lack of love. It's ironic because when someone is, is hateful, they're usually described as what? Oh, they're cold. <laughs> That's a dark person. Oh, he has a dark vibe. <laughs> I think hate is just a byproduct of no love. And I think if we were to add more love, we would see hate go away. Can I tell you that you weren't designed to be so angry? You weren't designed to be so bitter, so upset, so unforgiving. You were designed for fellowship, communion, and to love people. And when we step back into that, when we step back into what God has created us for our purpose, we also have to remember that he created us for love. That's, that's, that's where we end. Our Savior. Why do we love people? Because our standard compels us to. Our mission calls us to. But above all, our Savior, Jesus Christ, he created us to love people. It, it goes on, and, and I think Corinthians is a perfect reminder of that. He says it simply. He says, here we are. Then, speaking for Christ as though God himself were making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. Let God change you from enemies into friends. Christ was without sin, but for our sake, God made him share our sin in order that in union with him, what might we share? The righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. You know what doesn't sound like the righteousness of God to me? Unforgiveness, bitterness, the gift of goodbye, untrust, trustfulness, if, I could, if I'm saying that right. What sounds like the righteousness of God is, is loving people even when they hurt me. Loving people even if I don't know what the outcome is going to be. Because we were created for the righteousness of God. He says things like, we are speaking for Christ. We plead on Christ's behalf. And some translations say, we are his ambassadors. You know what, what comes to mind when I, when I hear that? We were created in the image of God. We were created to reflect Christ. And as such, we ought to be loving people the way Jesus would love people. We ought to be loving people the way Jesus would love people. And I don't say that as a chastisement, like, oh, you should be loving people. No, we were designed for it. it I'd, I'd say it if I saw somebody go, I'm going to breathe helium from now on. Like, nah, you were created to breathe oxygen. Breathe oxygen. You were created to love people. Love people with everything you've got. Love people. Because what you'll find is something. The more you do it, the more you do it, you find that something in you begins to stir up. And I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. But I don't know why water works. I, I'm a dehydrated person because I don't drink enough water. But the second I start to put water in my body, like the second, it's not even like it takes a couple days. The second I've had a full glass of water or a full bottle of water, something in me, like my posture gets better. It's weird. Everything in me starts to change. Why? Because I was built for water. I need water to survive. You, you can't. 
You can go without food longer than you can go without water. As I'm saying this, I think it's funny that Jesus talks about how he's the living water. I was designed for this. When, I, when I'm in my Bible, when I'm in worship, there's something about my life that my problems are still my problems, but I, I, perce- I persevere through them differently because I'm connected to my daddy. Why? Because I was designed for communion with God. And there's something about loving people. There's just something about caring for people. I helped, I helped Ronnie move recently. Is, is that a fun activity? No. But I had a greater joy being there for my friend in his time of need than I would have any other thing that I, I think could be fun, going on a vacation. Go, no, being there for my friend, being there for someone in need, coming alongside my brother in Christ and saying, hey, I'm going to help you. There's something about loving on people because it's what we were designed to do. It's the whole movement of Acts. They're selling their houses to give to people in need. They're, 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 there's a letter that Paul writes and he says, in your time of poverty, you've given in abundance. You've given more than what you have. What, and what, what you have is nothing. There's something about loving people. Especially when you have every right not to love people. There's situations here that even I, someone came and told me, hey, this happened. I'd be like, you're a better person than me. Hey, this person did this to me. I'd be like, and you didn't? That's crazy. Why do we always go when we hear those stories? Because it feels so unimaginable to do. But what's ironic is we were created to do it. And I know because I had to experience it. I didn't realize I was doing it until I was preparing this message. But uh, not too long ago, I was presented with a situation helping an individual. And in hindsight, I've realized that a decision was presented before me in my mind, and I feel like it was the Lord. I felt God say to me, you're going to love this person no matter what. But I don't trust them. You're going to love them. What if they take advantage of me? You're going to love them. What if they take the help that I give them and use it to do the things that got them in the situation? You're going to love them. You're going to love them. And I wish it would be cute and it would be fun to say, I did that and they got their life back on track. They didn't turn back to the drugs. They didn't do that. It's not how this story ends. My trust was broken. I was taken advantage again. But I would do it again every single time because I was created for it. I was created to love. That, that's the story of the gospel. That Jesus came and he knew there would be some of us that will reject him. And he died for us. He died for our past sins, but he died for our future sins. You know what that's him saying? I will do the cross every single time. 
Every single time you fail me, I will not fail you. Every time you fail me, we will get back up on our feet together. So we no longer live for ourselves. We live for him. Something else I just had to do when I read this. He says, we plead on Christ's behalf. And I immediately thought of the church because the church stands in place. We are the representation of Christ. That's what the, the, the church as a whole is. Every church stands in representation of Christ. And what's sad is so many times, uh, so many times the church hasn't spoke on Christ's behalf. It's, it's spoken on the behalf of man. Every time that leads to people being hurt. And there's nobody, because of the dynamic of the church being a representation of Christ, there's nobody who's hurt by the church and isn't hurt by God. So I, I know there are people here who have been hurt by the church in the past, and we've done this before. I want to do it again. If that's you, I, I don't want anybody to raise their hand or anything like that. I just I want us to take a moment to reflect. I want us to just remember that for a moment. And we, Christ Uncensored, are a, par a part of that body of Christ. So we not, may not be that same church, but we represent the same God. So on behalf of every church, on any church that has ever hurt you, that has ever done you wrong from the bottom of our hearts, on behalf of Christ, Kuha wants to say we're sorry. We're sorry. You shouldn't have endured that pain. Our job was to love you. Our job was to love you, not hurt you. So we're sorry. We also want to make a promise. We promise that at Christ Uncensored, we're going to do our best not to reflect Pastor Rolando, not to reflect Pastor Lisa, not to reflect Maylene, not to reflect Reuben, but to reflect Christ and to only be here on behalf of Christ, not ourselves, not our agendas, but Christ. We promise we're going to do our very best. Should we fail you, we're sorry, but we're going to continue to do our very best to reflect Christ. Because we're a church that was created to preach the good news of Jesus and be a space where people are loved. It's, it's one of the hallmarks here. I don't say that to boast, but it makes me so proud that the first thing that people say is you feel the love the second you walk through those doors. You feel the love. That's not an accident. That didn't just happen because... 
it's so intentional. It's so intentional that anybody who walks through those doors, the first thing that they feel is the love of God because there's a love of God problem out there. There's a lack of love out there. We were created to love people. This church is a church of people and we were created to love people. So what are we in our core? We love people. And when it gets hard, when it gets tough and we find ourselves saying, why? Why do we do this? Our standard just compels us to. Our mission calls us to love people. But above all else, above everything, we were created to love people. Why don't you guys stand up on your feet? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.